1: Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash card.
0: What's up, everybody? This is Sportsline. This is The Early Edge. My name is Sina Jada, otherwise known as The Counselor, stepping in for the coach who is calling the featured group over at The Players. We'll talk and touch upon The Players in a second. But first... Before we bring the guests in, let's bring up the recap screen real quick and see how we did last night. Um, I stayed pretty hot. You know, winners of three for three for me in college basketball. We'll try to make it four for four today. Mike McClure, who's on this show uh, today, coming through the coach, coming through Ohio State Moneyline. A couple losses in there, but don't forget about Grace coming in with the under in Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Let's go at it again. And before we bring on our guests, listen, it's madness time. I mean, it truly is madness time. And March Madness, it's basically here. And so you got to get your brackets in here too. Come lock in your spot right now for the 2023 Early Edge March Madness Bracket Challenge as we all compete against each other free for tournament glory. And of course, we're going to have some prizes in there too. Simply scan the QR code. It's so easy. Scan the QR code on the screen right now or go to tinyurl.com Early Edge Bracket to lock in your spot again right now. Okay. Well, it's it's not just me on here talking to you. It's a bunch of guests. It's a couple guests in particular. One I've never done a show with, actually. So I'm really excited to have him on. Um, But let's start straight from Nashville. We know he's in the penthouse level. It's Mike McClure coming off a nice win. Mike, how's it going?
2: Good morning, Sia, Danny. Great to see you, be on a show with you. We're doing great. You know know how much I love Thursday morning golf, especially when we have the early morning stuff on the East Coast here. We've got college basketball tournaments. Uh, I'm going to hit the SEC tournament up this afternoon a couple of great games over there uh fired up to be here today though got a play that i absolutely love
0: i have i've actually seen your play because I'm, I'm looking at the notes right now and I, I actually like that play as well and i have a play that I, I have a lean in that game as well and we're gonna get to it it's college basketball related i gotta tell you everybody Don, danny before we bring you in um this is such an exciting time i you know coach refers to it a lot of, of like the post nfl post super bowl hangover i mean Come on, like we've got it all right now. And, and Danny, it's not just about college basketball and it's not just about some of, you know, baseball coming up in the NBA. You've got something to say on this slate as well. How's everything going? Going great.
3: Good to be with you, Sia. Good to see you, Mike. And that's right. I mean, right. When football season ends, there's a lot of sort of seasonal depression that goes on with us sports fans. But that's the thing about being a fight fan. It's year round and nonstop action in the UFC Right after a fantastic pay-per-view with John Jones and Cyril gone we're given a beautiful UFC fight night card that's free for the people and could potentially be a pay-per-view card. I mean, this is stacked. So I'm really excited to get in some UFC bets with you guys today.
0: Danny, I'm so glad you said that about the year-round thing because it's the same for golf. And Mike, you do so much with Sportsline uh, when it comes to golf and on this very show, of course. And in the cool thing about fighting, you you know, UFC, MMA, whatever it is, And golf is it's truly year round. And so there's just never there's never any dip in the action other than in golf, maybe in December. Uh, It's really cool to have, Danny, you on the show because we know you can talk fighting pretty much the entire year. So uh, honestly, very, very honored to do a show with you. Let's get to the storylines, though. Uh, Let's start, Mike. You know, typically, especially this time of year, we're really curious about the NBA, particularly who's playing, who isn't. Any idea going in here at 10 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time?
2: Yeah, we've got some pretty big news today. You know, it's not a huge slate, uh, but there are significant pieces here. Start with the insignificant one first. Uh, for the Indiana Pacers, Aaron Neesmith listed questionable. The only reason I mentioned that is because it frees up minutes on the perimeter here. That's what's relevant in daily fantasy. Uh, some of those bench players, guys like Benedict Mather and things like that could benefit from Neesmith not playing. For Detroit, they are in full tank mode at this point. Boyan Bogdanovich. Already ruled out, as is Alec Burks and Isaiah Stewart. I personally think Bogdanovich is going to be shut down for the rest of the year. Uh Jalen Duran, however, is back. I know a number of us have been playing James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley in DFS. Jalen Duran will definitely cut into that tonight. So if you are a DFS player, make sure you note that Jalen Duran is returning. For the Orlando Magic, Wendell Carter out. Utah Colin Sexton remains out, but they've also got Jordan Clarkson. And Walker Kessler, both guys missed the last game. Both of those guys are listed questionable tonight. Golden State on the road in Memphis. Andrew Wiggins, out. John ja Morant, out. Steven Adams, out. Brandon Clark, out for the rest of the season here. And then the biggest one of the day, the Brooklyn Nets. They are taking the night off against the Milwaukee Bucks here. Uh, Nick Claxton, Spencer Dinwiddie, Cam Johnson, Royce O'Neal, all ruled out. Ben Simmons also remains out. Uh, Mikkel Bridge is basically the only player that is actually still playing for Brooklyn tonight. On the Milwaukee side, Giannis missed the last game, as did Drew. Both of those guys are listed as probable. Wouldn't shock me if one of them still ended up sitting or played limited minutes, mostly Giannis, uh, as Brooklyn is essentially punting this game away to them. And then finally for the New York Knicks, Jalen Brunson, questionable once again. He hasn't played in a few games. They are on the road, late-night start in Sacramento.
0: Yeah, interesting with the injuries, and especially down the stretch of the season. We'll, we'll have to see, you know, how many of these teams have players that are actually resting because a lot of these teams are going to need to win over the next few weeks. And, Mike, you know, i got to get your comment here before we go to Danny. Watching Kevin Durant slip and fall, I and mean, usually we have somebody that, that you know – is qualified as out a half an hour before, you know, when lineups formalized, we had Kevin Durant, Durant out there, you know, warming up and just a freak accident. It looked like the floor had a wet spot on it. And one of the biggest stars in the NBA goes out as well. How did you handle that?
2: Yeah, that was, uh, that was fun. I was live on uh, CBS sports HQ actually doing a live gambling show. And I had to late swap lineups while we were talking. So that was a, a lot of fun to, uh, to get that in there. But, uh, You know, we capitalized on it on the show. I gave a a Devin Booker live player prop at at that point. Um, Easy, easy win on that. As far as I think a lot of people are going to be curious about Suns Futures tickets now. I personally don't think it impacts Suns Futures tickets at all. Um, I I think, you know, they're potentially battling for a seed the rest of the way. They're getting in the playoffs. Uh, What you brought Kevin Durant in for is not the opening round of the playoffs. Even it's, you know, deeper into the tournament here. Uh, Devin Booker can definitely carry this team to a series win should he miss extended time. But, you know, the playoffs were literally still three months. Like, we have so much time. I personally, if it's even remotely serious, take the two to three weeks off here. It really, really doesn't matter. Um, As long as he's healthy in those situations, I don't think it's a massive impact at all. So if you see any market movement in the futures market on that. Uh, I would certainly be gobbling it up because I don't think the injury is of note to futures betting.
0: Good point there. Okay, Danny, we've got a really interesting and big bantamweight fight coming up. Tell us about it.
3: Yeah, uh, main event here in this Saturday's UFC Fight Night card. Marab the Machine, Develashvili taking on Pyotr Jan in a really important fight for the division. Perhaps the UFC's best division, most talented and most deep. And Jan is coming off back-to-back controversial split decision losses. He lost in the title fight against Aljamain Sterling by split. And then his last fight, awesome one against Sean O'Malley, very controversially lost that one too. Now he's sort of set back. He needs another win to get back towards that title chase where he was, you know, the champion and, and always around a title fight. Uh, now he's got to scrap and claw his way back there. And he gets a matchup nightmare in Marab the Machine. You know, Pyotr Jan certainly the more skilled fighter, but Marab has you know weaponized his cardio he's the human equivalent of the energizer bunny so this guy's just in your face never stops the pressure never stops the pace it's a tough matchup even for the most skilled fighter like Piotr Jan. so i'm really excited to see how this fight plays out and what happens at bantamweight after
0: i love that i love that description marab the machine the energizer bunny i'm, I'm actually going to tune into that fight and i'm you everybody knows i'm not a big fight guy but honestly danny with you on the show i might have to break in i know we have some other ufc guys uh, people on sports line as well but uh, that sounds really, really interesting. I'm going to check that out. You know, my storyline is is really simple. I was going to make it about the players, uh, but that's, you know, that's underway. And, and we know how big that is. We, you know, on the early wedge, we have so many bets out there as we speak. And I'll have a bet for round one that hasn't teed off yet. So stay tuned for that. But it's it's truly March Madness season, as far as I'm concerned, in terms of it's not Selection Sunday yet, but there's so much basketball to be had today. Specifically, I'm sure we'll have some picks uh, on the early edge at five when it comes to college basketball. But All eyes should be on college basketball because these games, the momentum that people have or that teams have right now, it is going to carry over potentially and and the lack of momentum too, carry over potentially into and beyond selection Sunday. So something to really pay attention to. Don't just wait until Sunday to to dial in on on these teams. And again, make sure you fill out your bracket that we talked about on the front end of the show. All right. We got to finally get to the marquee matchups in the picks. But before we do that, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our partners.
4: progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law
0: all right we are back and i want to get to our marquee matchups before we get into our expert picks let's start with college basketball just like i talked about there are so many good games there are so many good potential marquee matchups in college basketball and one we'll talk about when we actually get to our picks but another one that i really like as a marquee matchup mike is TCU at Kansas State, or I shouldn't say at Kansas State, TCU and Kansas State, TCU favored by two over under here is 147 and This is a 930 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. You know, my thought going into this game, Mike, was a TCU is, is potentially kind of one of those sleeper teams, but Kansas State is really strong too. how are you sizing up this matchup, whether it's the total or against the spread.
2: You know, uh, the thing that I love that you said was TCU at Kansas State, because that's essentially what it's going to be here. Uh, This game is played in Kansas City. It's significantly more favorable for KU than it is for K-State. However, this place will definitely be a strong Kansas State crowd. Now, both teams are purple. You may not be able to tell that just visually in this particular spot, but it's definitely going to be a strong, strong Kansas State crowd in this particular matchup here. Uh, as far as the game goes, though, I think that these two teams are fascinating. I think that you could also lump West Virginia in with these two teams where the range of outcomes for them, they could easily be the top team in this conference competing with Kansas and Texas at times. They could easily have spots where they aren't really competitive at all, um, Look, both of these teams play a similar style, though, in this point that they want to score in transition. They want to push the pace. That stuff typically works during the regular season. It doesn't typically translate very well uh, when you get into postseason play. So what I'm interested in here is I do believe Kansas State's going to be playing a more of a half court style game at some point throughout the tournament, whether it's this conference tournament or in the NCAA tournament. I think it's going to happen for them. Uh, I think that these unders are where I want to look. Um, you know, these teams are definitely capable of scoring into the 80s. Kansas State's done it a number of times this season, and that's why you see a number up here at 147 and a half. I make the number 146, but again, I, I think that the numbers here they could definitely slow down uh, in these neutral court type of environments in these tournaments when you're now playing a team for the third time here. Uh, So if anything, it would be lean to the under, lean to Kansas State, giving them essentially, look, this game's priced as if it's truly neutral. It's definitely not truly neutral court. Um, I think that that's really the source of the edge at that point. It's not a massive edge by any means. It's definitely, in my opinion, a game that is better suited for live betting uh, than a pregame wager, but it's going to be a fun one to watch for sure.
0: You hit the nail on the head right there. And honestly, that's that's what I was thinking as you were going over this game because this one's a really tough one to handicap. Live betting here, and listen, I'll tell you right now, I mean, I, you, know, Mike, I don't know about you, but you know, usually when I do my live bets, you guys might see I, I do some live bets here and there. It's usually around sort of the, the evening game. So I'm going to have my eye on this one specifically, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. That's kind of my wheelhouse time to really dial in on a game, potentially get a live bet out there. So hopefully in this one, I can get a live bet. Don't worry, I'm not going to force it. But I, I do agree that the live bet angle is going to be the angle here. Let's get to the next marquee matchup. We're going to, as coach says, the association. We're going to the NBA. The Knicks, man, they're red hot. And and honestly, I'm not so sure they're fraudulent. I I think this team might be for real, particularly with the upgrades they've made uh, lately. It's the Knicks. It's the Kings. Knicks favored by two and a half here. It's a 238 and a half point total. This is a 10 o'clock game. Maybe another one that's ripe for live betting. We'll have to wait and see on that one, but Mike, I'm going to go right back to you here. How are you sizing up this one?
2: Yeah, this one's fascinating. Uh, you know, I think that the things you have to really account for here is the travel spot for New York, obviously spend a ton of time at home and on the East coast. We're across country here against the Kings very late start. Um, and then Jalen Brunson being questionable. Once again, he's missed a few games. He matters a ton here in this one. Uh, what I'm looking at though, in this spot is going to be a, an underplay, uh, Typically, this Kings team is one that definitely soars to the over often. That's why you see a massive number here at 238 and a half. Uh, There are contrasting styles here, though. The Kings definitely want to run a lot more than the Knicks do. The Knicks find themselves in more physical half-court offensive sets more often than not. Uh, I definitely still think the Knicks can and will dictate the pace of play in this one, especially if Jalen Brunson is able to play. Um, I'm not going to play anything on it though, until I have a little more news, but it would be an under if you made me play something now. However, what I want to speculate on the most is probably going to be in player prop markets. I want to look at guys like RJ Barrett and Harrison Barnes, um, you know, second or third options on their teams at this point. The reason for that, you see Julius Randle and DeMontis Sabonis, they're somewhat similar in that they're incredibly aggressive the way they play the game of basketball. They're going to frustrate each other. Both guys at times, particularly DeMontis Sabonis, can get into foul trouble that really has a massive impact just because of the way both guys can distribute the basketball. Both guys use a ton of usage. Um, I'm Basically betting one of them, if not both, will be in foul trouble at some point in this basketball game. So I'll be looking to guys like RJ Barrett, Harrison Barnes, guys that'll come in, can handle the usage uh and get up shots here. That's where my focus would be if I was really looking
0: to bet this game. And Mike, I gotta ask you one more question because I know there's a lot of Knicks fans out there. And there's a lot of Knicks fans out there that are maybe a little tentative to really buy in here. And you know, maybe not. But I, you know, when it comes to the playoffs, just a real quick one here. Do you buy in on the idea that the Knicks can take down any of the top three teams? And if so, is this a team that has any shot to make of NBA Finals?
2: Uh, I mean, it could happen in a seven-game series. It could definitely happen. I think they would need some help, right? So what I mean by that is you're going to have to have someone on the Celtics' you know, miss a game or two with an injury, right? You're going to have to have someone in Milwaukee or Philadelphia miss some time. Uh, You know, they'd have to play perfect games. They're definitely capable of it. They'll definitely be in those games. We're talking, you know, one to two possession games, minus two and a half to minus four and a half type spreads or plus four and a half, uh, you know, as an underdog in those spots. Uh, But they definitely have the tools. It's just a matter of can we, you know, Julius Randle at times tends to, take too many shots in late game situations. Sometimes if they can find a way to coexist with Emmanuel quickly, also in the mix and he plays well, it's definitely possible, but it's going to be, it's going to take a very, very strong effort on their part, uh, and likely some help from the other side.
0: Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, my take there is I, I, I don't think they can make the NBA finals. I do think they can make the Eastern conference finals. And I think, you know, Of the three teams at the top, I think the Sixers are probably the most vulnerable to the New York Knicks. It's probably not their year this year, but man, the trajectory, I absolutely love. So um, good stuff, Mike, on the two marquee matchups. Let's finally get to the expert picks. And Danny, I've kept you quiet for a few minutes now. You've got a few picks, and I want to hear about them.
3: Yeah, so I'll get into the UFC action first. I have to say, as a lifelong New Yorker and Knicks fan, I love the positive outlook, I think you're a little bit delusional. I know that Julius <laughs> Randle will play hero ball at some point and ruin all of our hopes and dreams. The Knicks have never looked better and I've never expected more of a, of a fall off off the cliff. So it's going to happen. In any case, uh, I'm, I'm rooting that your, your outlook comes true. Let's get into some UFC action. And, you know, a lot of you guys that have been following me on Sportsline now here at the Early Edge know that I make a lot of my money in the prelims and I look to target really exciting fighters that the UFC wants to highlight and maybe have a very favorable matchup. First guy here is going to be a guy named Cedric Dumas, SD the Reaper. And man, I got to know this guy in a major way on his Contender Series debut, which punched him a tick into the UFC. I like him to get a finish over his opponent, Josh Frem, this weekend. It's actually minus money, but I think there's good value on it. He's an electric kickboxer, sharp, crispy punches down the middle, nasty kicks to the body, and he showed that he can grapple, too. He had a vicious guillotine squeeze on his opponent as an underdog on Contender Series. So he's getting an opponent here that I think is very finishable. Josh Friend is a good wrestler, good overall MMA fighter, but he's quite hittable, and I think SD the Reaper absolutely lights him up on the feet, and if it does go to the ground, he's got the grappling acumen to handle himself. So give me the Reaper by finish here, Cedric Dumas, inside the distance. Next pick, I'm gonna go with Davey Grant on the money line. This is also an interesting bantamweight fight. Uh, two aging veterans, both very skilled. He's taking on Hafael Assunsao, who is coming off a win in his last fight as an underdog. But Hafael Assoonsao is 40 years old. And on general principle, I can't bet on a 40 year old bantamweight. This is the most explosive and electric division. Now, Davy Grant is 37 himself. Don't get me wrong, there's no spring chickens here, but he's just a nasty, like hard nosed scrapper. And I don't think Assunsao can handle a hard nosed ballroom brawl at this point in his career. He's taken a lot of damage over those years. Grant was just in a great split decision fight against Adrian Yanez. I mean, that's one of the better fighters in the division right now coming up. And uh, and he, he got that right back on track with a finish win over Luis Smoke in his last one. So Grant still got all the skills to pay the bills. I think he's going to be too nasty for Asunsao in this one. I'm going to take him on the money line. Now that I've taken two favorite picks, let me jump on an underdog. I was on him two weeks ago, and I'm on him still now. I'm going with Ryan Spann as an underdog over Nikita Krylov. These guys were supposed to fight two weeks ago and the fight fell out because Krelov got super sick um, after his weight cut and he was vomiting you know uncontrollably. Krelov is a tough dude. So you know he was really sick if he had to pull out of the fight. And if you were if you were on him then, you're probably not too confident now after that. Uh, he probably is okay to fight at this point, but I just think Ryan Span is so dangerous. And look, in his last fight, he knocked out Dominic Reyes clean with a jab. I mean, he's that powerful on the feet. And he looks like he's taking his career more seriously than ever. In the in the post-fight conference two weeks ago, after he wasn't able to fight, he was pouring out tears crying because he was so, you know, upset that he didn't get to show off his skills and so grateful to how much time his coach has put into him. So it looks like he's taking his career really seriously. And as good an, an, an all-around fighter veteran skilled as Krylov is, super unorthodox with the movement, I think that movement could get him caught potentially. It might only take one for Ryan Spann. So, I'll take him as a plus 145 dog. And finally, to end my UFC monologue, uh, one of my more favorite bets in the UFC is a little two-leg parlay action. It's the way you can beat a lot of juice. Get two favorited fighters, put them together, and get plus money like we've done here. I'm going with my guy Cedric Dumas as the first leg. And to wrap it up, I'll go with J.J. Aldrich, Big favorite, so get her in now. I wouldn't be surprised if she closed. Minus 350, minus 400. She's taking on Ariane Lipsky, who had some promise coming in, but I think was a little overrated. Little fool's gold there. Aldrich is the model of consistency at flyweight. And she just lost to Erin Blanchfield, who's going to be the future champion. I think she bounces back with a big win here. So that's a nice little two-leg parlay action. And there's four UFC picks for you guys.
0: Erin Blanchfield. It reminded it reminded me some of, Danny, you're too young for this. Mike, you probably are too. Blanche from Golden Girls. For some reason, she just popped <laughs> into my brain. So maybe people in the chat uh, know what I'm talking about. But for the record, Danny, and we're going to move to Mike's pick in a second. You know, you mentioned the Knicks, and, and, and I see people in the chat kind of talking about you know, crazy East coast, uh, Knicks propaganda. Listen, the makeup of this team with Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart, it's just different because honestly,
3: like, you just can't because, talk to me about the, you know, I, there's no convincing me, but I know well, this listen, team was great, but
0: well, but my, the point I'm making is this isn't the team last year that it, was it last year that where the Hawks just like took care of them after, after one loss. I mean, this is a different team, a different makeup because these big East guys, they're built differently. I mean, I, I've been a big East fan my entire life. And I still think even though the Big East is watered down quite a bit, this is some of these guys are just dogs. Like Josh Hart is a dog. Jalen Brunson is a dog. And they take on a personality that has sort of the wherewithal to get through some of these Eastern Conference games. I'll say this one last thing. Tom Thibodeau is still the head coach. (laughs) That's a negative, I assume. Yes. Well, he did play quickly for like uh, two hours the other night. So it's classic Tom Thibodeau there. But, you know, speaking of the Big East, Mike, you have a pick – And it's regarding two of these Big East teams. Uh, One who's, you know, catching a little bit of fire right now. And I almost actually made a pick on one of these teams. But you have a pick on a total. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, we're going to go total here. We're going to go Providence-UConn. You know, I played this last night under 144.5. You know, it's come down a little bit, down to 143.5 unfortunate you've definitely lost a win condition or a push condition uh you know the numbers moved on you at this point still think there's a little bit of room left on it my simulations make it 139 obviously we want to keep the edge as big as we possibly can in these spots uh but look the closing total for these two matchups this is matchup number three between these teams this year the first two games closed at 142 and 142 and a half one game went over one game went under this is a spot where I think that this tournament format favors unders in these particular spots. Defensive intensity is at peak. It's as high as it gets throughout the regular season. This is it. This is what you play for at this point. So what I focus on a lot, if you all follow me, you know, we if you can accurately project the pace of a game, you're headed in the right direction to be able to handicap the game correctly. I'm looking at the pace of play here. Neither one of these teams now cracks the top 200 in college basketball. That means we should see a pace of play that slows down for the majority of this game. Yes, you will have spurts. You will have runs. You will have spots where UConn will absolutely score in transition. But in general, we're going to see a lot of half-court offense in this particular game. One thing I really like here, both teams actually decent at offensive rebounding. And you might think offensive rebounding, that leads to more points, right? It does in theory, but it also leads to additional time off the clock here in these spots in these biggest matchups. When you get offensive rebounds, a lot of time you pull it back out and reset. You run another 12 to 15 seconds of that 20 second shot clock in that particular spot here. So my only worry on this game, Providence is incredible at getting to the free throw line. If they are able to get there early and often and we get into a situation where they're in the bonus or double bonus before the eight minute media timeout. We're likely going to be in trouble here based on the way these games finish. So watch it, monitor it, if you are playing this one with me. Uh, but I think this has all the makings of a game where one team barely cracks 70. We cash this under pretty easily.
0: Yeah, and I like that pick. And and I, I will agree with, the, you know, obviously the pace of play and, and how these – these conference games are are typically played. I had a lean. I almost had a pick here on UConn minus seven, but I really couldn't get around to it. I thought the seven was maybe a little much. What I do like though, is that UConn and Providence, much like West Virginia and Texas Tech, the pick I had yesterday, which covered uh, quite easily. These teams seem to be going in the opposite direction a little bit. Providence really not handling themselves well at all over the last couple of games, including a a pretty bad blowout, I believe, to Seton Hall. UConn, on the other hand, has sort of recaptured some of their magic earlier in the season. And again, anytime I see teams on sort of different trajectories, it's one thing if one team is on a bad trajectory and the other team is neutral. But I think these teams are potentially going in opposite directions. And I think that's why we see a seven point spread. It's a spread that surprises me a little bit. I would have thought it would have been five or six. But I think there's a good reason why it's seven. So it's not an official pick for me. Uh, Maybe you want to, if you do money line parlays, which I typically don't do, but maybe you want to throw UConn in a money line parlay with something else that you deem high confidence. uh, Maybe it's, maybe it's the pick I'm going to give out, which actually is a really good transition. Let's go to my picks. I'm going to give you two picks. One's going to be golf related. And actually it's really two picks because I gave out a pick on the early wedge that I may as well mention here. These are round one matchups that have yet to go off because these guys go off after noon, after 12 Eastern Standard Time. Let's start with Wyndham Clark minus 115 over Thomas Dietrich. You might have seen this one on social media. Sportsline tweeted it out along with a pick from um, Patrick McDonald and the coach. But I I really like Wyndham Clark. I think he's sort of set to explode. His strokes gain metrics have been very good, particularly on approach, which I think is going to be really important here. Now, if you look at Wyndham Clark's history, it's not very good. But again, I think he's a different golfer now, particularly on approach than he was back then. So give me Wyndham Clark over Thomas Dietrich, who frankly, Dietrich just isn't playing very well. The finishing positions are okay, but the strokes gain metrics are are pretty bad. The ball striking has been pretty bad. And on this course, it's just not a get right spot. So it's possible that both of these guys are going to have troubling round ones. That's possible. But I expect Wyndham Clark to be better than Thomas Dietrich today. The other pick, which I'm not going to have up on the screen, but I just want to mention it. I did give out the pick I just gave out right now was a DraftKings pick. The other pick that I've given out earlier on the early wedge was a round one matchup, but it was a three ball. It was Jason Day plus 100 over Lucas Herbert. And I believe Aaron Wise. So that that one's over on Caesars. If you bet on Caesars as opposed to DraftKings, maybe you want to try the Jason Day at plus money there. Again, that's Jason Day plus 100 against Lucas Herbert and Aaron Wise. And I've explained all week why I like Jason Day this week. Uh, the college basketball pick, I saw a couple people in the chat. Let me give them shout outs. It was Heath and Freddie Bear, probably among others, that really liked Duke tonight. Well, guess what? I really like Duke tonight. I'm going for four in a row. It's a big line. And honestly, we're not at the best end of it because this opened at four and a half. It's now minus six. Really like Duke right now because I love their momentum. I love they've won six in a row. A couple of those have been against cupcake teams. Don't get me wrong. But a couple of those have been against really good teams or at least good teams in the ACC like NC State and North Carolina. And that was at North Carolina Uh, Again, six game winning streak. Pittsburgh, they've won three of six. They're sputtering a little bit. They were really good in the middle of the season and they have a really good veteran presence. That's the one thing that scares me a little bit because Duke rolls out a ton of freshmen, but Duke is really playing good ball. I think at the end of the season, you can kind of discount the freshmen sort of thing a little bit because these guys have a basically a full regular season under their belt. That's what we're seeing with John Shire's club. We're seeing these freshmen actually play like sophomores and juniors. I expect more of that today. Side note, Pittsburgh gave up 50 points in the second half to Georgia Tech yesterday. It's a back-to-back for them. If, you give, if you're if you giving up 50 points to Georgia Tech in the second half, I can't imagine what's going on in the second half of this Duke-Pittsburgh game on a back-to-back, especially with the way Duke is moving the ball. So give me Duke minus six over Pittsburgh. All right, that's my pick. Uh, I think we can just throw up the recap screen right now. Let's do that. Let's throw up the recap screen. Go over everybody's pick. And Mike. Okay, Mike has UConn Providence under 144 and a half. I've got Wyndham Clark over Thomas Dietrich. That's minus 115 over DraftKings. I also gave up that Caesars play. I've got Duke minus six against Pittsburgh, of course. And then Danny has Dumas by finish minus 125. Davy Grant money line minus 135. Ryan Spann money line plus 145. And a two-leg money line parlay, Aldrich plus Dumas at plus 106. And we have some chat questions that, Mike, I believe maybe you have some answers to.
2: Yeah, there's one in there in particular. Uh, It's talked about me being on the Davidson under uh, first half yesterday and ask if first half unders were a good spot to attack and target. Uh, So, look, all throughout the college basketball season, I've been betting totals, you know, around 400 plays on totals in college basketball. We've run the numbers on all of them. There was not any increased profitability. It was actually significantly less profitable if you were to just play my total play for the game on first halves. However, in a tournament setting like this, you I, I will say that first half betting is significantly less volatile than second half betting will be uh, for many reasons. Number one, the way that teams make adjustments at half times in these games, the way the officiating adjusts, the way that we get into desperation situations as every game is essentially a must win game for both sides at this point not always true for every individual team. So while we don't like just isolating first halves throughout the season, uh, it it is an interesting way to look if that's the way you're going in a game uh, and you're not available to sit there and live bet it. And then the other thing that I saw someone mentioning, questioning, uh, using profit boosts, a lot of sportsbooks will have profit boosts out there. For the majority of bettors, if the profit boost with the max bet on it is something that's in your normal range, as far as how much you're betting on a game, I absolutely recommend using them on games like this. Uh, you know, whether it's, you find a number that you like and use that profit boost. Some people will just simply boost that number. I personally am in favor of that's where I think it's okay to essentially buy a point. Um, Go grab an alternate line where you're introducing a totally different win condition. So if you're taking a game at 144 and a half, you might be able to find 146 and a half or 147 and a half, which is a completely different number. Uh, but if you're finding those 30, 40, 50 percent profit boosts and that bet size gets you within a normal range, you've created a totally different line for yourself. Um, so I, I'd rather see people use those in that way. Uh, as opposed to, you know, making long shot parlays with them, things like that.
0: Absolutely love that. And by the way, Eddie Cotto in here saying Mike the goat. And then we had somebody say, love listening to Danny give his picks from Martin. So uh, a lot of fans in the chat. By the way, if you're in the chat, uh, please always hit the like button. It's a little late for me to say it now, but may as well hit it right now. Just get some practice reps in hitting that like button when you're in here tomorrow morning and you're in here the day after that because we do this every single day, a few times a day. Make sure you hit the like button right when you come in, because it certainly helps uh, all of us out, the show sports line as a whole. All right, well, I think there's only one thing left to do. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all these tickets and take them straight, it's over here, to the pay window. For the entire crew, which of course includes the MVP, Jake the Snake, Danny Brasco, Mike McClure, and myself, Let's cash all these tickets. Let's take them to the pay window. We'll see you soon.
1: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.